Well, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580, where we bring you the latest in entertainment news, trending topics, and interviews. I'm your host, Robin Ayers, with you Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. on that ride home. I know this traffic, and I know it's hot. If you are in L.A., and I don't know wherever you are, I'm sure that weather is, is creeping up. That climate change is no joke. Uh, out here, it's reaching 110-ish, you know, so it's definitely, uh, <laughs> you definitely got to try to cool down wherever you can. So wherever you are, I hope that you are chill. I hope that you are cool and having a great Thursday. I know I am. You know, the weekend is coming up. I'm feeling it. I'm liking it. I'm liking everything about that. Um, I'm also liking everything about this particular topic that we have today. And we do have an interview schedule for you today as well, which I'm very excited about. And uh, I will let you know uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have Mashonda T. Frere. Now, you all know Mashonda. If you've been listening for a while, uh, she was uh, here at KBLA before. And um, she is just an amazing woman. She's an artist musically, but she also is a curator of art, black art. I love it. I love it. We'll talk more about that, obviously, when we have her on at the bottom of the hour. So you, you want to make sure that you stay tuned for that. And uh, while you are at it, though, if you are listening on our YouTube channel or if you're listening on the app, you have the, the option of going over to our uh, all of our socials, following us there, KBLA 1580. Follow me, too, at Robin Ayers. I don't know how many times I've got to say that. <laughs> I probably don't. You guys are probably already following me, and I truly appreciate that. But definitely feel free to engage with me as well because I, I talk back, you know. We have great conversations, you and I. Um we have a great show lined up and a great contributor whom I love to talk to all the time. But uh, let's go ahead and break down what the Rob Report is, Andy, because why now not? it's time for a breakdown. Well, uh, if you've seen the flyer, <laughs> I love this. I love this a lot. Um, Boston Celtics uh, player Jalen Brown, he wants to bring back Wall Street. Black Wall Street, by the way. Um, we'll tell you why and if he's able to do that, how he can lead it, how he can establish it. Of course, I love the idea. Do you love the idea? Do you think it's possible? We're going to break that down uh, on the other side with our entertainment contributor as well as a, and we're going to talk about a brief update, something that we talked about yesterday I brought during the show. Uh, we announced that or it was revealed that Miss Tina Knowles Lawson filed for divorce. She has spoken out. We're going to get our um our contributor to give her thoughts on this as well. If you guys want to chime in again, make sure you call 1-800-920-1580. So you could talk about this black wall street. And if you are interested in it, if you have any ideas about it, go ahead and do that on the other side. You are listening to the raw report on KBLA talk 1580. Hi Robin. How <laughs> I wish I can record that each and every time you call because you say it, <laughs> you say it the same way, uh, and I could put like a little collage together just for you. Hi Robin. Hi Robin. Hi Robin. It'll be super I feel cute. Like that's, that's like a news reporter thing is that we like say like. <laughs> hello and like sign off the same way it's just like a thing <laughs> yeah you know that makes sense uh speaking of news reporter i did see you out there getting your soccer playing on while you were oh reporting wow we yes, that is uh, amazing 
I had I had to show the world what I'm working with. You know, the woman broke compass on, had to, you know, do a little razzle-dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> I love the razzle-dazzle. Uh, well, like I mentioned before, um, we do have a, a nice little... Uh, show lined up for you. It's not. It's not little. Nothing about the show. Nothing about the raw report with Robin Ayers is a little thing, but uh, a great topic because um, I just feel like this one is very necessary. Something that I wanted to bring into, uh, you know, into conversation to uh, to really discuss here. Now, as you all know or may not know, and I'll be the first to admit, I am not necessarily the the sports girl. I don't follow a lot of the players like that, but I do follow this particular situation which is Jalen Brown, who recently signed an NBA contract. I mean, it's the biggest contract in NBA history. And uh, first of all, congratulations to him, Andy. Can we give him a shout-out and a congratulations? Yes, yes, that is necessary because that's a big deal. That is a very big deal. And he was recently in a press conference where someone was asking him what he wanted to do with his, uh, you know, with with basically his money. How do you want to spend that money? And um, Jalen, do we have that clip? Uh, let's go ahead and play what he said so that we can give you guys the background to uh, to this conversation. Let's listen to it. What do you plan to do with the generational wealth? I mean, what do you plan to do off and on the on the floor with this new contract? Well, that's a great question. I want to launch a project to bring um, Black Wall Street here to Boston. I want to attack the wealth disparity here. Um, I think there's analytics that supports that, you know, stimulating the wealth gap could actually be something that could be betterment for the entire economy. With the biggest financial deal in NBA history, it makes sense to talk about one, your investment in community, but two, also, you know, the wealth disparity here that nobody wants to talk about. It's top five in the U.S. It's something that we can all improve on. It's, it's unsettling. And I think through my platform, through influential partners, through selected leaders, government officials, a lot who are in this room, um, that we can come together and create new jobs, new resources, new businesses, new ideas that could you know, highlight minorities, but also stimulate the economy and the wealth gap at the same time. Uh, I think that could be a mix of commercial entities. Okay. First of all, how hyped did that get you, Cheyenne? Because it got me pretty hyped. It got me hyped. Um, tell me what you it, think about it got this. Me hyped. It, it did get you hyped. Okay, and it should. I think for anybody, especially if you are black, knowing our history, especially if uh, if you are interested in something like this and you're you're interested in community and building, um, it it should get all of us hyped. Give me your thoughts on this, and if you even think that. Um, it's possible because I know there has been a lot of talk about uh, building another black Wall Street. Several people have tried. So several several people have gotten their their hands into that um, sort of conversation, really. And, um, yes. you know, he's talking about it. I, I, I'm sure he has the ability and resources to, to maybe do something like that. Give me your thoughts on this, though, Cheyenne. I think it's great because when I was on Twitter today, I saw a lot of sports journalists talking about this, you know, and I think that it was just an opportunity for him to really shine a light on something else. And I think that Black Wall Street is something I was going to say, I don't know why, but this is something that I feel like a lot of people don't know about and isn't always taught in history, which is, you know, strange mm -hmm. um, because it's one of the worst um, really terrorists 
racial attacks that have ever happened. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's great. I think that we do absolutely need to rebuild Black Wall Street now more than ever. I mean, just look at what's going on in this country with this economy, um, the state of racial affairs in this country. So I'm just glad that he was able to use his platform to, um, you know, say this. And I think that, you know, although many of us maybe weren't taught about it, mm -hmm. I think that people, you know, like him can also educate, the, you know, if a young person is listening, and then they may now, hey, go look up, what is Black Wall Street? Mm. And I think that those conversations, you know, are important. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent important. Marcus Atkins, he says he is definitely a unicorn as far as rookies and the usual pat answers to what athletes usually say. I agree. I mean, I was taken aback, really. I, I really wasn't expecting that. This almost feels like something that Jalen Brown had already thought about. He was already, uh, you know, you know, I, I kind of say this thing. I say live there before you live there. And what I mean is live there in your mind before you're actually there in real life. And, and I believe we could do this just in general with our with everybody in your own life. I believe Jalen Brown has really lived this before in his mind. He thought about that uh, once he strikes it rich or he has more than enough to uh, to establish a black Wall Street I believe that this is something he's been preparing for. So do I think it's possible? Absolutely. Andy, did you want to go ahead? and uh, Just to correct a couple of things. He's not a rookie. He's been in the league for, for some years now. Okay. Hence the reason why he was able, able to even get this type That's of contract. True. Yes. And uh, uh, to your point, Robin, Jalen Brown has been pretty much woke. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much his whole career. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say his whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember when the George Floyd uh, situation happened. Uh, he's from ATL. Uh, you know, he was one of the individuals who kind of led a march, you know, in his community. So he's mm -hmm. definitely uh, woke. He's definitely about his community. So I'm actually not surprised mm -hmm. that um, well, I am surprised, mm -hmm. but I'm not surprised at the same time that, uh, you know, uh, this is what he wants to do mm -hmm. with his money. Absolutely. Well, shout out to him. And I think that that's fantastic if that's, in fact, what you say is correct, Andy, that he's been like this his whole entire life. And Cheyenne, to your point, I do think it's interesting that this is what we learn about in, in school. Black students, what we tend to learn about are the enslaved uh, people who are here. This is what we this is our black history. But there were so many established black exactly. wall streets quote unquote right i mean there were other it, we had one particular black wall street in tulsa but i'm saying there were other regions other states who uh who had cities that were really established by black street i'll tell you one in yeah. particular that really i hadn't known about and it didn't um i was informed by uh lorenz tate i actually had done an interview with lorenz tate actor um actor extraordinaire we would say especially in our culture but he had done a podcast and uh it was it was more of a series where basically what it felt like is what you would listen to was a real live series the only thing is that you weren't watching it so how we'll describe it is imagine you're you have you you turn the tv on and you're watching a series on tv but you turn your back to do something else but you hear everything you hear the sound effects you hear uh you know dialogue you hear a whole show that is in essence what this this particular uh series was about and it was called bronzeville and Lorenz Tate completely opened my mind to what Bronzeville actually was. And Bronzeville was 
wasn't the only one that was in Chicago where he's from. But once you listen, because I actually did take a listen to uh, it was an incredible series, by the way. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, they have first they have a first season and second season. And, and if I'm not mistaken, they'll go into a third. But I it was it is it, you need to listen to it because, again, it's only it's only audible. You can only I mean, I, okay, I'm sure you okay. can pull it up on iTunes and uh, it, and it's a really highly rated show starring Lorenz Tate and uh, and um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. And I mean, you had some really oh. incredible talent that was in this show and they they walked you through. You literally think thought that you were listening to like a movie or a television show and you got all the great background information on what Bronzeville was, how is how it was established. Uh, it was it was just incredible. But things like that, unfortunately, our our people don't know about. We don't know about it. Uh, I do want to go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to get. No, to, and I just, you know, I just wish that, um, you know, I think that it's great, but I just. You know, I know that there's a lot of pushback when you start talking about this. Like, first of all, I think that we really need to cover him because sometimes when you come out and you start speaking about certain issues, yeah. um, you know, I know it's a different league, but, you know, we saw what happened to Kaepernick, you know, and I think yeah. that that's a reason why sometimes a lot of players may not speak up. And, you know, they're not activists. They're ball players. This isn't their job. But I do think it's an extra added bonus when we do see them, you know, talk about some of this stuff. You literally hit the nail on the head and is exactly what Fahima Sek is saying in our YouTube chat. She says she doesn't think that he should have shown his hand because uh, she says he should have just did what he was going to do. Uh, and there are forces that would try to stop his efforts. And it's so interesting that you both bring that point up because when I heard it, as happy as I was to hear it, I'm thinking, no, the, the powers that be in those people and the higher ups are not going to want to hear you say that. And uh, unfortunately, that's the truth with so many of us. You know, you think that. Uh, it puts you in a in a great position to be um, not even idolized. I don't think that that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to be informative. He's trying to share the good. He's trying to you know empower us and galvanize our people. But uh, unfortunately, you that that big of a statement to say I want to bring back a black Wall Street to Boston. My gosh, like that is that is that's no easy thing. And so uh, again, the powers that be, I'm I'm just not sure that. Um, He's going to do that with ease, I'll say. Pretty Brown Mimi says, Rosewood, Florida is another Black Wall Street similar to Tulsa and many more. Um, Terry Tari says, Mimi uh, is, oh, she's asking if Rosewood is near Jackson, Florida. I'll tell you, uh, Bronzeville in Chicago, Haiti in Durham, North Carolina, Sweet Auburn in Atlanta, which I had never heard about, West 9th Street in Little Rock, Arkansas, and Ferris Street in Jackson, Mississippi. So I don't know if Ferris Street is what you were talking about uh, with, with Rosewood, but Again, there are several. They just hadn't made it to the magnitude of what uh, Tulsa was for for Black Wall Street because, believe it or not, this is this is a hundred years. It's been a hundred years. I was in the twenties that that that's uh, that that happened, and um, it's about time that we did something um, 
brought it back, so to speak. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if you knew this, Cheyenne. I certainly didn't know, but I was doing some research on it to see if anybody had really tried to establish another Black Wall Street. And there's a gentleman by the name of Kyle Davis who wrote a book, and uh, it's called How to Build a New Black Wall Street. And it's a whole, yeah, it's very interesting because it seems like he's already figured out this this. It's not an algorithm, but it's a it's a format. Basically, it's a formula for for everybody to win. How all these different organizations and companies would have stock in each other's companies, and it's very interesting. It's it's published. You can go find that on Amazon if you're interested. And um, if there's anybody's gonna do it, though, I feel like Jalen Brown shouldn't be out there on his own. I yeah, think- I feel like Jalen. I feel like Jalen Brown. You know, it's not a one person type of job and not only that like destroying black wall street that didn't just destroy black wall street that destroyed generational wealth you know so Mm -hmm. a lot of us are starting from such a lower position than we would have been if black wall street was still established you know and i think that that's a part of you know why the system is made the way that it is made or created is to keep, you know, certain people down. And that's the unfortunate part is that it it would be so much easier for us if we had that generational wealth from that Black Wall Street. And instead, you know, we have, you know, like Jalen Brown, he has the money, but there's so much more that goes into it. You know, there's so much knowledge that gets passed down. Wealth Mm -hmm. is very different, you know, than being rich. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that, we definitely are going to need like all hands on deck Mm -hmm. to make this happen, you know, rather than just having the capital, rather than just having the money. I think it's a lot more complex. Mm. Uh, I agree with that. Um, C Porter made a a very interesting statement over here in YouTube saying um, he was surely, surely hoping activist Jalen wouldn't stay in racist Boston. They don't deserve him. That's that's an interesting point. I, I also wanted to say and get your thoughts on this. We often talk about how before before uh, segregation and, and all of that, uh, what happens if what happens now? Just OK, let's let, let me re- rephrase this. When you think about how entertainers and 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 actors and well-off people six you know business people how they've come to uh to amass a certain amount of success and so much so much of our history is they've tried to hold black people back from what we couldn't do and i think that what black people strive for is saying we can do anything you can't hold us back we can go anywhere in the world we can build anywhere in the world so if that's the case why do you think it's possible, Cheyenne, for us to say we're going to we're going to uh, bring this back in? We're going to narrow this back back down into our own community rather than go out uh, abroad and, put, you know, put our money out there it, all, all around the country because we're everywhere. We're not we're not we're, we're not centralized or localized in one particular person's or uh, place rather. So 
Do you think it's possible to bring the reins in again to make us all come back together as a community and stay within our community and spend dollars within our own community when so much of our history has been you can't go out amongst the white people. You can't go out and and do what you think you can do. Give me your your thoughts in 30 seconds. Uh, I I hate (laughs) to some people call me a pessimist, but I would say that I'm a realist. I think we got to really get our orders and fix in. our affairs in order before we do that. I think we have to all get on one page and one accord first. And I think that that's really going to be our one of our biggest battles, obviously, aside from the institution, you know, trying to, you know, completely ruin what we're trying to build. But I just think that, you know, every day I'm on social media, I'm seeing these arguments within our own community, arguing about the most simple things you know Mm. black women black men arguing all day like Mm -hmm. and i just think that you know it's going to be very difficult for us to build anything if we don't get on the same page yeah and i think that we really need to get back to a time to where like we have you know morals values um that align with one another at least just find a common ground of agree to disagree on some very very crucial things because we are stronger together. That's why slavery tried to separate us. So yeah. I just think that it is possible, but I think we really need to put our heads together. And I think that we all as one need to really recognize who is the real enemy and that it's not each other. So I amen do think that it is possible, but we got to we gotta get our stuff in order. We yeah, can't be arguing we every week about who's doing what in a household. <laughs> you are right about that. Uh, listen, Cheyenne, it's always great to talk with you. Thank you so much for joining oh. the Raw Report, and I'm sure we will have you Thank on you. again very, very soon. Enjoy the rest of your night. Yes, yes. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, right, take care. When we come forward, we have got Mashonda, who uh, we're going to have a great conversation with. And uh, I'm going to get to this poll. We're going to talk about the poll on the other side as well, asking about Black Wall Street. We're going to talk some art and all of those things. But right now, news, traffic and sports. You are listening to The Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome, welcome right back into The Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. I told you I am so excited to talk to this beautiful beautiful woman here she is no stranger to kbla 1580 and here to discuss her art genesis 100 days of summer art exhibition uh she's incredible in her own right as an artist she's got a beautiful voice but this is not why she's here Uh, she's calling in to talk to us uh through her company's art genesis and art lead her mashonda has shown more than 200 artists and is building a sustainable marketplace for entrepreneurial, emerging, and established artists. I am so happy to have you back on this show. Mashonda, how are you, beautiful? I'm good. How are you? So good to be back. Oh, yeah. I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. I have to, uh, number one, give you, specifically you, a shout-out because it was you who opened my eyes to uh, the importance of black artists and the importance of supporting black art. And I really did. I just did not know that there was this entire world of beauty and luxury and uh, and um, camaraderie even because there's a community. There are multiple communities, people who really believe Mm -hmm. in in art. And so um, 
I have to thank you for that because I I showed up at your your exhibit last year and I was like, come on, Mashonda, this is now this is how you do it. This is this is uh very very nice. So I'm sure you are doing the same thing uh with your with your month long art show uh here. Tell us all about it, Mashonda. Well, 100 days of summer. Um, it's an open. It's open to the public. It's completely free. I'm presenting the exhibition in Silver Lake. So the dress is 3110 West Sunset Boulevard, and we are open Tuesdays to Saturdays from 1 to 6 p.m. And I'm showing eight incredible artists from all over the world. One artist is from Nigeria. Um, we have artists from the East Coast, the West Coast. And it's just a vibrant display of summer, you know, and what mm. summer feels like and what summer means to all of us. Mm, okay, that that actually, that speaks to my soul. Because, you know, when you start talking mm -hmm. about what something feels like, um, that, that yeah. means something. And I love that you can actually even describe it that way. Let me ask you, Mashonda, you're the one who, um, is it your sole decision to curate these particular artists and the pieces that they show in the exhibition? Yes, absolutely. So I take my time out and I pick um, the artists that I feel would align the best with the theme and also who I feel would go well with each other on the wall, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like creating a story. So you can't just throw anybody out there. You really have to take your time and, and make sure that it makes sense visually um, also emotionally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, uh, I think that describes it perfectly. Obviously, you would know. But when I walked in last year, the storytelling and everything did, you know, it, I even found it hard to, to distinguish. Not hard. Let me just say every artist is different. Every artist is uh, unique in their own right. But this, the, mm -hmm. the, the synergy, I'll say, and the storytelling, I, you're right about that. I was mm. like, whoa, like, look at how all this flows together. So it's interesting yeah. that um, you would that you, you know, describe the way that you curate it. Um, so the theme right now is 100 days of summer. Is there always going to be a theme every time? Because I'm assuming you're going to bring this back. At least I'm hoping <laughs> each, each year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So this is my summer exhibition. This is my third summer doing it here in L.A. And, of course, I'm going to bring it back every year. It's going to get bigger and stronger. And I don't see it ending at any time soon. We, the community needs it. The artists need it. The youth needs it. I mean, it's for the culture, you know? Mm -hmm. So we, we, I'm always finding ways to create opportunities for creatives to, to get their work out there and tell their stories so that we as people, as black people, we can build our storyline the way that we want to share it mm. and and have it historically you know represented is it maybe you can speak to this uh, i'm asking you to step into the artist's shoes for just a second um i i'm assuming that it's equally just as important for artists to get their name out there i mean of course they mm -hmm. want to be supported they want their art they want to sell you know across the world i'm sure um mm -hmm. but as an artist is it equally important just to say i want people to know my name and what i'm known for the style of, of art that i'm known for is that uh would you say that that is true yeah i think that that's the goal for um artists that are in that consider themselves fine artists that are in galleries and ultimately museums, the, the the goal is for them to be 
a household name like Basquiat or Keith Haring. You know, these are Picasso. These are people that we know because we've been their stories have been shared for decades. And in in our youth up until now, we can pinpoint. Most of us can pinpoint. You know, a Picasso or a Basquiat painting. Mm -hmm. So I think for every artist, emerging artist. The goal is to create numerous bodies of work and, and have those works placed all over the world in galleries and in museums and in collectors' homes to, to pretty much establish themselves in that way. So, you know, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be their driving force mm. because I think the driving force for any artist is just to fulfill the passion and that means that they just need to create and release. Mm-hmm. Even if it's music, if it's if you're an author, if you're a chef, you want to create something and you want to give it to the world. That's the number one passion. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think we all want to be known and appreciated for what we're doing mm-hmm. yeah. as artists. I totally agree with that. Um, last year, once again, uh, and I, I'm I'm only continuing to reference it because it, it filled me up Mashonda. it definitely filled me oh, well, up you have to come this year you girl. know i am you, you know i am know the new show yeah oh, i absolutely <laughs> will and so we know that uh it, it's you've already opened you had your your the grand opening uh just on the 26th if i'm not mistaken 26th yeah. through august 5th correct yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm so excited because you know I'm step up in there right now. I hope <laughs> I catch you. And um, what I want to ask is, uh, I know we got to get you out of here, but lastly, uh, last year you had a, a, um, a just an amazing panel that was able yeah. to sit there and and discuss art and uh, the importance of it. And I learned so much. Do you have anything yeah. on the books this year that we can look forward to? I do. I have a talk on the 5th of August and the topic is the essentials of navigating the art world. So last year we did something with collectors. This year we're going to have artists on panel. We're going to have a gallerist on panel. We're going to have a big collector in LA on panel and everyone will share their perspective on how they navigate the art world as a collector, as an artist and as a gallerist. So it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, I, I can't tell you the chills that I have on my on my arms. I have goosebumps. That makes me so happy. So make happy. sure you get on that list. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll have my people talk to your people. And I got to get in there right. somehow, right? Uh, definitely, we appreciate you so much. And speaking of artistry, uh, your art, your uh, project that you dropped last year as well, you are just so talented and so beautiful. Your voice is uh, just so relaxing and uh, it's just it's incredible what you've done on your just in your own artistry. Can we look forward to any more music in the future from you, Mashanda? Absolutely. I've okay. discovered a new team of producers and writers in L.A. I'm so excited to work with them. Um, one of them is actually a visual artist that I'm presenting this year for 100 Days of Summer. Her name is Natalie Lauren, and you guys can put her in the Apple or or any of your streaming platforms and find her music. She's incredible. She's also an incredible painter. So I'm excited to work with her and get some new music done. Oh, my goodness. Now, Mashonda done came up in here and dropped the mic on us, you guys. Uh, make sure that you go <laughs> ahead and check out 100 Days of Summer. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, we'll mention the address again, but I'm going to put that over in our YouTube chat for you guys to to see if you're here in L.A. You got to get there before August 
5th, yes, uh, which is yes. going to be um, the, I'm looking for that very dynamic uh, talk that you're going to have. So truly, truly appreciate you, Mashonda. Keep killing the game and keep uh, blessing Thank us you. with all that you do. We appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your night. You too, love. Bye. Ooh, that fills me up. That fills me up. That fills me up. Uh, definitely want to shout out to uh, to Mashonda. We thank you so much. And we also want to thank you to uh, Billy Johnson as well. Um, yeah, this is this is really exciting, you guys. Uh, as I mentioned before, I went ahead and checked out this exhibition last year. And I was, I'm not just saying this. I was blown away. And I love, love, love to be taught i love to be educated especially about our people and especially about our people who are thriving emerging and as you you all know that i love to put on our who's got next and uh these people are emerging artists as well so um something that i love and, and it's, it's absolutely i can vouch for this and say you do not want to miss 100 days of summer this exhibition is at 3110 west sunset boulevard and uh, I'm excited about that. So when we come forward, we have got your who's got next and what not to miss on the other side. You are listening to the Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. Stay there. I love our people. I just love us. I really do. I love us. And I love you all who are always tuned into KBLA 1580. Specifically, I'm talking about the Raw Report because you guys really care. Uh, you're always engaging. You you guys really have great ideas and all the things, all the things. And you're always uh, just really incredible. So I truly appreciate all of you. Uh, make sure that you check out the 100 Days of summer exhibition happening again here in Silver Lake. That's 3110 West Sunset Boulevard. And I'm going to mention it again before the end of the show, just because I really need y'all to go and show up and support and just learn, learn more than anything. Learn, go there, support. It will be fantastic. All right, let's go ahead and get to our who's got next. Uh, let's go ahead and drop them, Andy. <laughs> That is Ben Official Ride For You. Ben Official. I like the way that sounds, but it's Ben, B-E-N, official. But it sounds like I've been official. You see? You get the play on words? Yeah. Uh, ben Official Ride For You. Okay. Um, I, put, I put over in our YouTube poll, should Jalen Brown establish another Black Wall Street? I don't know why, but... Somebody said no. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'd love an explanation behind that. 93% of you said yes, of course. Um, very interesting, though. We'll see if he's able to do that. We'll see if he, uh, again, so many of us have now talked about the fact that maybe he shouldn't have shown his entire hand. Um, we don't know. We'll see what happens with that. And and if he's going somewhere, because I do, I do believe that if you are, starting to run sort of like Forrest Gump. If you just start running, other people start watching you from afar and they all of a sudden they, they want to follow the leader. They want to jump on board. So if Jalen Brown can somehow find himself leading and just jumping in there, maybe people will uh, maybe people will jump in there and collaborate with him. I think he led by just showing his hand. That's how he led. That's how I mean, this is the beginning of his leadership. Sure. I mean, I think he's definitely uh, inspired us to maybe even support at the end of the day. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's pros and cons to everything. 
and and I do understand, you know, the, the the sentiments about, you know, he shouldn't have showed his hand. But at the same time, I think him doing it, uh, it's 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 giving an inspiration. I think, quite frankly, I think some of his NBA brothers mm. may definitely be down to support him as well. All right, I hear that. Uh, again, I want to thank Mashonda for uh, coming on into the Raw Report again to talk about her exhibition, 100 Days of Summer. I see your question. Deborah Chicoa, she's asking if she was the one who put on uh, Basquiat's exhibition that was in New York. What she what she did do was one of the, the same uh, panel that I talked about where she had last year was with the sister of Jean-Michel Basquiat, and her name is Lisanne Basquiat. She was there. That's how I even learned about going over to New York to to see that entire really incredible um, exhibition. By the way, Basquiat is still showing here in L.A. So there's plenty of art that you can see and support. So make sure that you go check that out. And um, thank you again, Billy. Uh, thank you, Billy Johnson Jr. We see you. I appreciate you. And, um, yeah, I think it's so important. C. Porter says... Support black arts. I'm telling you, not only support, but so many of us. How do I say? We just need to look for opportunities to learn more. And I think that if we can, oh, I'm not talking about you all because I just gave y'all, y'all props. The people who are listening, you guys are so engaged and uh, you're so open to learning. But if we can help our community, whether that's telling other people about it, someone who you think may not know about arts, anything in the arts, um, music, whatever it is, uh, letting them know, inviting them out to places. And then you yourself taking the initiative to go out and support. It doesn't have to be purchasing all the time if you're not in the position to do that. That's fine. But just go out and support and, and learn. So, yeah, I think that's very, very important. Truly appreciate you guys. I appreciate Cheyenne Corinne for calling in today as our contributor. And we had a, a, a really great fast, but it was, a, it was a quick conversation, but it was still a great conversation. Nonetheless, truly appreciate all of you. And uh, by the way, obviously, what I don't want you to miss is once again, the 100 days of summer. Make sure that you are following this, uh, this, these incredible companies are, um, Art Genesis and Art Lead Her. Art Lead Her and uh, Art Genesis. Make sure that you uh, follow those pages to learn more about the ex uh, expositions that she's doing. I appreciate you guys. My name is Robin Ayers. And remember today and every day forward to be a blessing.